You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon and welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony and I are two Texas licensed attorneys and we're here as a public service to uh, help you, our listeners, in um, your questions and your situations, your legal situations. You can reach out to us and we will try, if there's a topic that you want to talk about, we will try and discuss that. And today we're so excited because we have a special guest. Our special guest is Sergeant Bryce Herring, and he is a sergeant with the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office. And uh, welcome to the show, Sergeant Herring. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Sergeant Herring is with us today, and we're going to talk about just a variety of legal topics. Uh, We're going to talk about, you know, how to handle interactions with law enforcement and common things, you know, like just traffic stops, something common. Right. Um, and then Sergeant Herring is going to, he's going to be with us for two shows. Yay. Yay. Right. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about um, concealed carry and what that, uh, how do you interact with law enforcement if you have a concealed carry license right. and in different kinds of situations. And he's mm-hmm. also going to be talking to us about the new Sandra Bland Act. And that is uh, interaction uh, with law enforcement with teens when they're driving. Very important since that's been in the news in the last year and uh, a lot of our it was, I guess that's the Waller case, right? I think it wasn't Sandra Blanding Waller. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So um, a lot of my clients were very curious about that situation. And plus, we're going to go over situations about guns. I know that that's a, a big and scary thing that's going on um, between the public and law enforcement. And so we're going to discuss, you know, how you handle it, what's what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Right. Uh, because that's a, that's been sort of in the in the the media a lot, quite a bit. But really, because Second Amendment rights are so big here in Montgomery County and in Texas, we need to find out, you know, really the, the how-to and what to do so that everybody's safe and does the right thing. Right. Yeah, Sergeant Herring and I were talking about, um, the, you know, uh, with the information, you know, we have so much information on YouTube and mm-hmm. and um, Facebook, and people say, well, if you get pulled over, do this and say this to the cop and demand your rights and blah, blah, blah. And it just, a lot of the information is bad. And so... Uh, we just really appreciate you being here, Sergeant Herring, and, and as a public service to, you know, help educate our listeners about what is appropriate and what is not, you know, and, and don't, you know, get yourself into a situation where you think you're doing the right thing and you're actually doing something completely wrong in interacting with uh, law enforcement. So, uh, Sergeant Herring, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know that you have been in law enforcement for 29 years. 28. I 28. Started- uh, my law enforcement career up in the Panhandle, and then moved back or moved down here, um, and started with Montgomery County Sheriff's Office, April seventh of nineteen ninety eight. Wow! And what part of the Panhandle? Um, I worked up in uh, Dumas and okay. in Canyon, and also with. Um, what Amarillo. counties are those? I Randall. Okay. Uh, Randall Potter and Moore County. Oh, okay, because I had done some work up in Armstrong. And I don't, the panhandle is just one big area up there. But, um, okay, so, but what what brought you to the Montgomery County area? Yeah. Well, my parents moved here from El Paso in uh, 96. Okay. And I moved here 
in 98 to help assist care for them. Okay. And I'm sure it's been wonderful ever since, and that's why you stay, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, oh, well, we're glad to have you here. Okay, Sergeant. Um, so let's just go through some basic things. You know, let's talk about some interaction with law enforcement uh, for our listeners and something as common as a traffic stop. You know, you and I were talking about how that's probably the most common interaction with a traffic stop. So uh, you see somebody um, blow by you at how well, does that what most, happens the most common interaction with law enforcement is traffic we get from point a to point b in a motor vehicle and people make mistakes and they go too fast they run a red light they don't quite stop at a stop sign they have registration violations you name it there's a whole myriad of different violations that could have that can happen it is the most common interaction with law enforcement that the general public will have. Mm -hmm. Okay. And in doing so, there are several things that people need to understand. Number one, it's just a traffic violation. So don't get freaked out. You mean don't, don't get scared. And, and some people, this is the only interaction that they'll ever have right. with law enforcement. Yeah. My wife has been driving for years and has only had one time she's ever been stopped once yeah wow that's okay. great i can't say that true <laughs> for other family members or even myself okay. and my daughter needs to take some lessons from your wife <laughs> but the only interaction that she has with police officers if it wasn't for myself or even my son who's a police officer is that one interaction right and depending on how they perceive that action or that contact or that interaction is how they will perceive law enforcement in general. That's so true. So <clears throat> every police officer out there doesn't want a bad traffic contact. They want everything to go smoothly, no matter what the seriousness of the offense is. They don't want things to turn violent. They don't want things to turn ugly, nasty with anybody. Yeah. We're, just like anybody else, any other human being, we like things to go very well. Right. What people need to understand is that there is a responsibility that we have to do. We make a decision or a determination when we stop a vehicle, whether or not, number one, the, the seriousness of the offense, whether it's running a stop sign, speeding, if it's 10 miles an hour or 50 miles an hour over the posted speed limit, whether or not that individual is receiving a citation and how that proceeds or goes from that point. And a lot of it has to do sometimes with the attitude of the violator. Not that we're, we write tickets for attitudes, but we... <laughs> you have but, a bad attitude. I'll bet that happens quite a bit though, right? Sometimes, not as much as you think. Really? Yeah. It all, it all I've, I've had bad attitudes with cops, and they they just fought with me and didn't even write me a ticket. You know, so it just hmm. it just kind of depends. You know, we have a we have <laughs> we really tried to make a determination whether or not we're going to issue a citation to a violator mm -hmm. prior to making physical contact with that individual. So we try to take that element of attitude out of it. Yeah. Okay. Everybody's human. Right. Mm -hmm. um, now, let me ask you a couple questions real quick that just came to mind. 
um, when you stop somebody, uh, regardless of where it is, and I, I, I guess there's going to be a difference between whether on I-45 or in a subdivision, um, and this I just don't even know, but you are. Uh, how? What is the procedure for asking them to step out of the car? I've never been asked to step out of my car when I've been stopped. But yeah, me neither. I see it quite a bit with my clients, and I see it on the road. So when do you ask somebody to step out of their car? Well, it depends on the circumstance. There are some agencies that is their policy to have individuals step out of the car and step to the rear or in, uh, not in between the two vehicles, but to the side. Mm -hmm. um, Montgomery County Sheriff's Office policy is we don't have a policy whether or not we ask them to step out or mm -hmm. not to. It depends on the it's individual. Discretionary. Also, okay. And depends on the circumstance. Okay. Mm -hmm. If I need to speak to that driver away from the occupants mm -hmm. of okay. that car. Mm -hmm then I'll do so. Um, one of the common things when I used to work nights in doing DWI enforcement, if you had a designated driver and you had a car full of drunks, right? <laughs> then the inside of the, inside of the car smells like a whole bunch of drunks. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have to separate the driver. Yes. From to the see smell if they're the emitting. Alcohol. Right. That's wise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that gives them the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. Keeps them away from an intoxicated individual's interaction with law enforcement, which sometimes can and cannot go well. Now, what right. if the designated driver requests that they step away? Would that alert you, or would you let them do that, or how would that work? I mean, I ask that because I'm always the designated driver because I don't drink. And so if I said, can I step out, would that be like uh, an alert you to to something, or would you be amenable to that, or how would that no. work? And it all depends on how that question is posed mm -hmm. in the circumstances, the totality of the circumstances mm -hmm. that are involving the traffic stop. Okay. When I was a, a young man, my father taught me any interaction with law enforcement, when you're stopped by a police officer, get out of the vehicle, walk back, and shake the officer's hand. That's no, no longer an accepted practice. Okay. We prefer that people stay in their motor vehicles. Now, that's what my father taught me. Mm -hmm. He taught my brother, the same thing, and that's what my father... Was your father an officer? No, he wasn't. Okay. But we had a lot of interaction with uh, law enforcement because of where we lived and what my father did. Okay, it was El Paso, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So, those were the old days. Right. Mm -hmm. Times have changed. We want people to stay into the motor vehicle. Okay. Keep their hands where they can be seen mm -hmm. and just... Be pleasant. If you have a question of why you were stopped, there's a way to ask it mm -hmm. rather than yelling and screaming. <laughs> yeah. Now, what about recording? We've seen that on the TV quite a bit. If somebody gets their phone and starts recording, is that does that alert you? Does Do you not like it? Is it okay? What do you feel about that? Yeah. We're recording anyway. That makes right. sense. Because I've seen on the news, like national news, where somebody starts recording and the officers seem to be very tentative about that or they don't like it. it okay. We have video cameras. We've had video cameras in our uh, motor vehicles or in our patrol cars for years. We do have limited use of body cameras. And I've seen it's, a lot of body cams lately in the cases I've been working on. It seems like any interview has got a body cam on it in Harris County. Is that something they do in Montgomery County at all? We There are agencies that do a lot of uh, work with body cameras. Mm -hmm. We do a limited so it's not every uh, every sheriff, a deputy sheriff doesn't no. have a body cam. Okay. No, but 
every patrol vehicle, every marked patrol vehicle has got a video camera in it, and they have a body mic, which okay. records audio. Okay. Right. So they're being recorded anyway. Okay. It doesn't make, to me and to most officers, it doesn't make any difference if somebody pulls out a, a phone and starts recording. That Unless you think it's a gun, maybe. I would think that would be kind well, of a scary thing. People need to understand on how to do things. Right. You know, they don't want to walk up on the officer in the middle of the night <laughs> and come up yeah, from right. behind him and stick something in his face. Yes. You know, be respectful when you're letting them know what you're doing. Okay. And don't interfere with whatever investigation. Give them space to operate. Okay. Well, what would interference with an investigation look like? Like sticking a phone in their face would probably be one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if, if an officer is conducting an interview, interfering with that interview mm -hmm. with either a victim or a suspect or a witness, give them a little bit of space to conduct their business. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that says that you can't stand from a safe distance, in other words, across the street or far enough away where you're not interfering with the investigation or whatever the interaction is, and watch. There's right. nothing that says that. Now, I, that brings to mind, I see this all the time. As a criminal defense attorney, I see DWIs in the, the field sobriety test all the time at gas stations. And my instinct as an attorney is to be, don't do the field sobriety test. But I never say that. It's just my instinct because you always, that's what you tell your clients. Have you ever had that happen where somebody's doing a field sobriety test and somebody tries to intervene or yell from another car or, any, or, or not even just DWIs, but any time that you're investigating or you've been called out to arrest um, where somebody has tried to talk from a distance to the person that you're interviewing? Yes. And what do you do? It depends on their interaction. And it depends on, again, the totality of the circumstances on what type of an interview it is. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it may be nothing more than asking somebody who, what, where, why these events occurred. Mm -hmm. And they're there voluntarily and they want to help. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just the opposite. Sometimes it's the suspect <laughs> and you've already advised them of their rights or whatever the case may be. Okay. And somebody yells at them, whatever they yell. Mm -hmm. And... Most of the time, they don't pay attention to them unless they oh. get right up on them. Mm -hmm. you know, but I'm saying like to to you, if you're um, interviewing somebody, uh, particularly I'm thinking of traffic stops where somebody's doing the field sobriety and you're watching them. And I can see where p another person that might be drunk at a bar might say, you're doing that wrong or something. What do, what do you do about that? Well, if another person is drunk in, in a bar and we're in a parking lot and they're in a the parking lot, they're, they're in violation dumb. of state yeah. law being drunk oh. in public. Okay, that's so true. We have ways of dealing okay. with that. Okay, we put it. them in a in a nice little room with <laughs> friends that are probably as intoxicated as they are, <laughs> mm -hmm. so that they can okay. enjoy the rest of their night. Okay, you mm -hmm. hear that, all of you potential people that are trying to help your friends that are coming out of the bar and aren't using your common sense, stay in the bar. That's right, <laughs> and keep quiet. Al alcohol is is by far the most common issue that we have, especially at night, especially when you're dealing with disturbances or DWIs, mm -hmm. people that get alcohol into their system, mm -hmm. um, they immediately lose their ability to make There's no good gate. judgment right. calls. That's right. <laughs> well, we're going to take a break. Uh, you guys, y'all check us out. Our website is www.legalconnectionshow.com, and you can uh, call us with your questions, 281 281- 
529-5862. We're here with Sergeant Bryce Herring, and we'll be right back after the break. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your question. Get seen on TV or YouTube and heard on our podcast, FM, and internet radio. Sponsor your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question, comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station on IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Today, we have a special guest and we're going to have him next week too. Sergeant Bryce Herring with the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office. Um, Tony and I are just thrilled that he's here. Uh, we've been talking about traffic stops, interaction with law enforcement. And uh, Tony, you said you had another question for the sergeant just about. Just a, a few follow-ups and because you mentioned your son was also in law enforcement. Um, was he following your footsteps? Is he in Montgomery County? I mean, tell us a little bit about your son. My son is actually uh, a police officer in Duncanville, Texas, outside oh, okay. of Dallas. Yeah. He uh, just returned from uh, one overseas tour. He's a uh, sergeant in the Texas Army National Guard. Oh, wow. So he just got back probably eight days ago. Aren't you proud? I am. He's he's a uh, very, very caring and Great he followed man. your footsteps into that's law enforcement. Awesome. And that's so, uh, that the service to your country is, is amazing. As we know how difficult that is and the well, bravery and all. He's done a fantastic job. My wife is, works for the sheriff's office also in wow. corrections. So. Wow. Is that in here in Montgomery County? Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Oh, wow. So, um, which is another question I have. I understand that they're building another jail in Montgomery County now, or this uh, is, Ma'am, that's above my pay grade. Okay. I have no idea. Uh-huh. And that could be completely wrong because people tell me stuff all the time, and they're like, you need to go find out where they're building the new jail. I'm like, what? You're kidding. They're building a new jail? I haven't seen anything. Um, okay, my next question is um, notices. You mentioned a little bit before um, sometimes you get notices, and then Cheryl mentioned that uh, sometimes she gets an attitude and only gets a notice. When is there oh. some um, – What's a distinct, can you talk your way out of a ticket, and when do you only give notices? And Tell us a little bit about that sort of discussion. Notices, you mean citations? Yes, or, uh, ci- not, uh, not warnings. actually getting a ticket. Warnings. 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 Right. Okay. Usually, if my mind is made up whether or not you're going to receive a citation, that's pretty much set in stone. Mm-hmm. Right. There are circumstances, and always circumstances, in which you believe that you're going to be issuing a citation to this individual, and you find out something different. There may be a medical emergency. Right. There may be 
other circumstances, like things I like to call like life. Mm-hmm. Life gets in the way sometimes. And when those things happen, sometimes we need, being police officers, a little bit of compassion. The goal of a traffic stop is to get individuals to comply with traffic laws for the safety of the general public. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's, that's our entire goal. Right. Now, there are other things that happen because of traffic stops. We have bad guys that use cars to go from point A to point B. They do crimes in motor vehicles. So traffic is part of a way of getting them stopped. Mm-hmm. And it's just mm-hmm. part of the way it happens. But in right. general, we want the motoring public to do the right thing on the road. We want them to obey the speed limit. It's set there for a reason. I would say also that uh, I know when I've gotten a ticket, I tend to be a much better driver after that. So <laughs> it's it's not just. Um, or when we see a police officer driving down the road, we have we tighten it up a little <laughs> yeah. bit. I mean, I, even officers I do have, that. I have to ask you this: when when it's you're true. driving down the road, and I, I'm I'm assuming, do you do patrol or did you do patrol in the past? I've been on uh, for all of about a year and six months. I've been in patrol. I'm still okay. in patrol now. So what happens when, uh, is this a common occurrence that you see brake lights quite a bit? People are zooming down the road and then you see the brake lights hit. Oh, yeah. You, you know there's you a go cop. after them or is that a signal to, to what, what, how does that affect your uh, your thought process and perhaps maybe going after them if you suddenly see a brake lights after somebody just passes by you? Well, normally I don't see that when I'm in a marked patrol car because everybody behaves themselves when I'm driving around in, in my yes. sheriff's office <laughs> right. issued vehicle. Mm-hmm. When I'm in my personal vehicle and I see people driving like nuts and I see brake lights coming on, right. yeah, you, you just hope that they get caught and get stopped. <laughs> right. And do you have any control over that when you're not in your marked vehicle? Have you ever done a citizen's arrest type no. thing? I do know some officers have done that, and my clients get crazy. They're like, they weren't even in a real car. They were, they were, a, you know, marked a police car. They were off duty, and I've had off duty police officers arrest my clients and for traffic stops, which is crazy. Well, it depends yeah. on the. We do have arrest powers off-duty. Right. So it, it all depends, again, on the circumstances in which it happens. Mm-hmm. I have made phone calls and followed mm-hmm. DWI drivers mm-hmm. when I was off-duty in my personal vehicle. Which is completely appropriate, I think. If somebody's driving, you know, that injures somebody. If Every citizen should do that if they see somebody driving, like, bad. I've had that a lot where I've had my clients uh, videoed by, you know, my DWI clients videoed by somebody behind them. And that's it. I mean, they've got a video. Oh, they're driving crazy. It's during DWI trials, you have the officer's testimony, and sometimes you have officer video of how they're driving. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's always better to have a citizen's video. Yes. Somebody that is not (laughs) law enforcement trained to recognize DWIs Mm -hmm. to go, look how drunk this person is. Right. And I had a case just like that in Waller where my guy had, he was clean, he he was speaking coherently with the officers. And I'm like, they just don't even have a case here. And then this last piece of evidence came in right before we were, like, set to go to trial. And I'm like, I gasp. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And we were lucky to be alive. Because he was, yeah, a citizen's video came in, and we didn't know it. And we ended up settling that case. I would never have known, though. Well, DWI is is, is the understanding of alcohol intoxication. Every officer that's out there on the street has been trained in standardized field sobriety testing. I'm an SFSC instructor. Being that, there are specific things that we look for that the general public most of the time would not even consider 
an individual that is intoxicated. Because mm-hmm. the very first thing that it's affected by alcohol is judgment. So right. So you go faster normally when you would have stopped for that long yellow light. Now mm-hmm. you go through it. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. you're going a little bit faster than you normally would. And, you know, on the funny side, that's why all these gals that don't look so good in a bar get a lot better looking at closing time. Because <laughs> yeah, of that's the judgment. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um, okay, and that kind of leads me to my next question. Um, uh, there's a, a myth, or maybe it's not a myth, that there might be quotas. Is there any... Is, Tell us about that. Is that true or not true where officers have to get to a certain point, so many tickets, by the end so of the many arrests or, or something whatever. by a certain period of time to, up to earn their stripes or anything? Because nope. I, I don't know. There's, there's none? Not. They let us okay. ride as many as we want. <laughs> okay. And, and seriously, there's not. Um, we do have um, – we want peop- We want officers to go out there and be productive. Right. right. We want them to go out there and do their job. We don't want them sitting in a parking lot watching YouTube on their phone for hours when we have issues in school zones or mm-hmm. issues for, of speeding out in certain neighborhoods. We mm-hmm. want them to go out there and take care of those issues. Mm-hmm. But we don't sit there and say, you need to write 10 citations, 10 okay. tickets, and yes. give 15 warnings. Mm-hmm. We prefer that you go out there and make as many traffic stops, contacts, okay. as you want. Do they, is there like any awards or anything if they get a bunch? I mean, I'm just wondering, do you have more zealous or, I don't, I've never met a lazy police officer. I'll tell you that law enforcement, I've never met any that don't really love their job because they right. went through a lot of work and they really want to serve the, the county and the state and all that. They, yes, they're very um, serious. But is there any that are, uh, is there awards or anything if you get more? I, I don't. No, there's not. I mean, okay. it's, we have dedicated traffic units that mm-hmm. write quite a few traffic citations and give quite a few warnings. Every month, mm-hmm. we have patrol officers that go out there, and and they may stop 25 to 75 cars in a month mm-hmm. and give nothing but warnings because mm-hmm. they don't like writing tickets. Okay, it's a, it's a contact. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, it's that interaction mm-hmm. with the public. Mm-hmm. And, of course, some of it depends on the neighborhoods and the areas yes. in which you're doing mm-hmm. traffic enforcement. And then we have others that do quite a few traffic stops. Mm-hmm. They make lot of arrests for mm-hmm. narcotics and or mm-hmm. UWI. Which leads me to my next question. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a list like, uh, I guess you'd stop somebody for a traffic violation, but there's also, and I know this is really important, I mean, from the standpoint that I do think that people that have warrants out, they, they, may, be, they may be a serious danger to society. Are y'all looking for them or do they go to the houses or uh, I know that they look at it when you're in the car after someone's been stopped, but to, but how for does that a work? warrant to see if there's a warrant yeah, to out see if for somebody this has person? A warrant out, like somebody does may it just have come up a, on your. I thought if you ran them, it would come up on. Well, we have access to every warrant in Montgomery County, and of course, if you run somebody's driver's license, then if they've got a warrant throughout the state of Texas, that will come up, and also through NCIC, if they have any warrants throughout any other state. Okay, but it depends whether or not the state wants to go however far to go get them. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is that we go, let's say you have a traffic warrant for an expired registration, uh-huh. okay? I'm not going to come banging on your door at 3 in the morning because <laughs> I've got nothing else to do not wanting to get you for this traffic right. warrant. Mm-hmm. 
Right. But if you have a class B misdemeanor warrant or above, good chances are sometime or another, somebody's going to come knocking, mm-hmm. and whether that be a theft, theft by check, mm-hmm. possession. If it's a felony, there's a good chance that we'll be coming with a lot of friends. And knock on your door. I, I know from uh, personal experience, my clients, that they do come after them to their house for the more serious offenses. And I tell my guys, to, uh, quit twitch running from the law. Go turn yourself in. Just mm-hmm. go do it. Get a bond, and we'll work through it. Because with. that yeah. chasing and, and running away thing just doesn't work for anybody. That's like hiding. And When, when, they're, when they make the Montgomery County's 10 most wanted and there is a reward, their family members will turn them in. Right. Or oh. that few extra bucks. Oh, I need to go look at that. Not, I don't have any family members. <laughs> but no, they. That's pretty bad. Their family members throw them under the bus. They do. Quite <laughs> oh, a bit. God. Really? Okay. Es- especially disgruntled exes, partners. partners. Yes. Exes. Or one that have over their head. Okay. My next question is you mentioned um, NCIC. When did that come about? I know that now that we've had, you know, in internet and all that. I, I honestly don't know because we don't teach that in law school. That couldn't have been available 20 years ago, or was it? Yes, it was. Really? It was. uh, That system, NCIC and TCIC, has been available for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. NCIC is the federal side. Okay. Okay. Um, That's where all felony warrants are entered into Mm -hmm. NCIC. Mm -hmm. TCIC is where all state warrants are entered into. Okay. That's for Texas. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. What if somebody had a traffic warrant in Washington State? Would that show up in no. the... It wouldn't? So, that means that if we went on vacation in Washington, D.C., I won't mention any names, <laughs> and there's a mm-hmm. ticket that's been outstanding, you know, for traffic violation, for parking in the wrong place for years, what happens to that? I guess it never hits Texas. No, it doesn't. We don't, we don't enforce other... It's a Class C misdemeanor. It's the okay. lowest form of an right. offense. Okay. Right. If you have a Class C misdemeanor citation in Montgomery County, chances are in Walker County, Waller County, Harris County, they won't even look at oh, that. Okay. It's just Montgomery County that will okay. pick you up on the Class C. Okay, got it. But, for example, if there was a felony in Washington State, would, would it pick that up? It would, but it would also depend whether or not the state of Washington wants you to there. To be aggressive. Okay. Okay. Really? Yes, because we have some states that have some felonies that will only extradite within bordering states. So wow. Washington State, if it has one that's in Texas or say in Florida, uh-huh. they won't. They may not come get them. Now Texas, wow. if it's a felony and you're anywhere in the United States, Texas will come get you. I love Texas. That's Texas for <laughs> you. Okay, guys, we're going to take another break. We are here with Sergeant Bryce Herring of the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office, and he is answering our questions, helping you in interaction with law enforcement, and we will be right back with Sergeant Herring after the break. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. 
That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio. Broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. We are here today talking with Sergeant Bryce Herring from the Montgomery County Sheriff's Department, Sheriff's Office. And we've been talking about traffic stops and interaction with law enforcement. And um, so uh, now what were you telling us, Sergeant Herring, over the break about uh, the only times that you you have to be given the opportunity to sign a citation? Or when the officer requests that you sign a citation. Tell us about that a little bit. In the, under Texas law, on the, on the Texas traffic code, there are two situations where you must be given the opportunity to sign a citation and give your promise to appear. And that's to the either local municipal court or JP court, whichever handles that. And that is for speeding in open containers. Every other violation is an arrestable offense. Now. Right. That doesn't mean that the officer is going to arrest you if you failed to signal within the required distance of making a turn. 99.99% of all those result in a citation or a warning. It just means that those are the only two violations that you must be given the opportunity to sign a promise to appear. Okay. And like the the failure to, um, I guess, signal when you turn or... That's a class C though, correct? It is. All of those, all those will be a class C violation. Okay. And so what you're saying, um, if I understand is that if the officer requests that you sign the ticket, um, then no matter what the violation is, you should sign it because you're not admitting guilt. If you don't sign it, you would be, could be arrested. Correct. That That is correct. Okay. Signing the citation only means that you promise to contact the court. If you have an issue with the citation or you believe that the citation is unjust, then you have the opportunity to visit with a judge or have a jury hear it. Right. Okay. Like any other process, there is a process that it goes through. If you look up at the officer and says, no, I'm not signing it, and you say a few other things, (laughs) chances are you're going to be given one opportunity to sign that citation, and then after that, Again, you're going to be given a new roommate for the day. <laughs> and I will okay. just add that from my own experience that I had a, a client who um, ultimately was found not guilty by jury. Mm-hmm. And he just had an attitude uh, because he didn't want to be arrested because he didn't think he did anything wrong. And, and um, he was asked to sign a citation for a Class C offense. It was nothing. And he wouldn't sign. And he got hauled into jail for the day. For yeah. not signing the ticket. And I had I learned that because they don't teach you that in law school. Again, mm-hmm. it's one of those things that's kind of on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. You don't sign that ticket saying that you're going to appear mm-hmm. and you're not admitting guilt. You could very easily be arrested, like immediately, because now you have aggravated the police officer and you had an attitude. And 
people just don't want to sign anything. And there's no reason not to sign that, even if it's just with an X or whatever right. it may be. It must be their signature. Right. Oh, really? Oh, yes. really? But what if they're illiterate? I guess an X would do, right? Just well, we don't run across. Oh, they wouldn't have a driver's license if they were illiterate. That makes sense. Well, you, if you can't read, there is ways of obtaining a driver's license. Mm -hmm. Now, I've never in almost 30 years run across somebody that signed with an X that didn't know how to write at least their name. Mm -hmm. Well, that it wouldn't have to necessarily be just driving. I guess if you went to their house and... But would you get a ticket if you went to their house? That'd be a different situation. It depends on the circumstances. Um, it could be another different type of Class C violation mm -hmm. other than a traffic violation mm -hmm. because you can receive citations for um, theft, mm -hmm. things of that nature, and simple assault. Right, right. That must, and it would, and that kind of leads to my next question. Um, uh, what is the most, um, I guess, the scariest situation you're called out on? Would it be? assault or would it be um is it domestic violence i mean i don't know uh, when you get a, a call in i guess from dispatch to go somewhere what is the one that uh raises your blood pressure the most because there's it may it be a fear factor well the one that's the most dangerous i think is either the domestic violence or the situation where the call comes in that there's an individual with a firearm mm -hmm. Other than somebody that's doing maybe open carry, walking down the street, but somebody that is actively shooting at people or mm -hmm. displaying a firearm in a manner that truly alarms people, mm -hmm. those kind of circumstances really get things. Is that when get you get like calling. help or you call for additional? Um... Well, they'll all the units will hear that, and when okay. you get those kind of calls. Okay. A lot of people all respond. And that, that leads to my next question. Right. So all the units here when there's a call from dispatch on who's going to go out to one or something. So yeah, Montgomery County Sheriff's Office has um, six patrol districts. Mm -hmm. um, so in District 6, I work down in the Woodlands. Mm -hmm. We monitor our radio frequency. And when a serious call comes out, everybody can hear that. Plus, we have our mobile data computers in which it comes up on the call screen and we can read the note. Okay. For that also. Now, you said just six districts. What are those districts? Are they uh, geographical? Or? They are. We have District 1, which is primarily uh, Conroe area north, mm -hmm. um, everything on... Toward Willis? Towards Willis mm -hmm. and everything on the uh, east side of 45 in the mm -hmm. northeast. Okay. Then you have District 5, which the substation is in Walden. Okay. Uh, is it more like Conroe? Like okay. Conroe. Then mm -hmm. you have... District 4, I'm just kind of going around in a circle, which mm -hmm. is Magnolia. Mm -hmm. Okay. Magnolia area. Okay. Then you have District 6, which is the Woodlands. Mm -hmm. And going over, you have District 2, which is the, the area surrounding the Woodlands and up the I-45 corridor in the Rayford Sawdust area. Okay. Towards Harris County. Mm-hmm. Uh, spring. Have, yeah, mm -hmm. Spring. Then you have District 3, which is Porter, New Caney, that area over there. Okay. okay. Now, I know there's only... Isn't there only five JP courts? Yes. So the districts don't actually go to award whatever that court is. That it's, it's different. They don't coordinate exactly, obviously. Because, Correct. Okay. Right. Well, you know, I feel like we need to, you know, we only have you for a few more minutes for this show. We need to tie up, you know, a successful interaction with law enforcement and what that looks like to the law enforcement officer. Um, so, you know, we started with the scenario of your, you see someone who violates a, a traffic violation and you pull them over, 
and uh, you approach the vehicle, what, what does the successful interaction with you look like through the, throughout that scenario? When a traffic stop is conducted, a successful traffic stop is when, when I leave and the violator leaves, that they feel that there wasn't any negative interaction there. In other words, even if they received a citation, that they were treated fairly. Or if they got a warning, that they were treated fairly. They're going to love that. That the, that the traffic stop <laughs> yeah. was just. Now, you had mentioned something before we, we, we break or in for the segment. Um, the one minute, how does that work on the little video? The pre-event recording, anytime we turn on the switch to activate our overhead lights, mm-hmm. it's, our video system starts recording automatically. Mm-hmm. But it has pre-event recording. Actually, our cameras are always recording when they're on. Okay. So it goes back one full minute okay. to catch any violation or anything else that happens. Basically oh, what you saw okay. to make you turn on your camera. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. People need that in their brains. That'd well, be great. So, well, I think that's wonderful that you uh, want to have a good positive interaction with the public. It, it's essential that um, the public trust their law enforcement officers and and feel good about interacting with them. Now, we've all had, every police officer's had a bad interaction. Right. Whether it was the violator's fault mm-hmm. or the police officer's fault. Right. And I want you to understand, in 30 years, I've had plenty, I've had some that were my fault. Mm-hmm. Okay, that I got out with. You were with upset or angry or something. Because they did being. something dumb. We mm-hmm. have yeah. bad days. Mm-hmm. We have the call that we just left or whatever right. the interaction may be. And then somebody does something that you walk up to them and you go, really? Are you serious? Mm-hmm. You just did that. And you realize when it's all over with, that didn't go the way I wanted it to. And mm-hmm. it wasn't a great interaction. We're human beings. We, we do make mistakes. And that's one of the things that we have to be better at is coming up and saying, you know what? That interaction wasn't the best. Could mm-hmm. I have done better? Yes. So they teach you that in, in law enforcement school or is that? No, they do. They okay. do. You know, we're not, we're not perfect. Right. So. Uh, you know, I wanted to discuss with you. I know you're going to be with us on our next show too, which is wonderful. And in the next show, we want to talk about concealed carry license and interaction with law enforcement. When you have a concealed carry license mm-hmm. where you can take a gun and can't mm-hmm. with, with a concealed carry. A lot of gun discussion next show for sure. A lot of gun discussion. But, you know, we've only got about five more minutes here, and I wanted to talk about the Sandra Bland Act and, um, and what that means. We, talked, we touched on it a little bit at the beginning of the show, but uh, it's a new state mandate uh, regarding teens driving and vehicle <clears throat> operations and interactions with law enforcement. And, uh, Sergeant Herring, you and I were talking about that before we started the show. Uh, can you tell us a, a little bit of the a background of the the uh, Sandra Bland Act and what the education is supposed to uh, accomplish? Well, everybody knows that it, because of the traffic stop and the interaction on, on the traffic stop with, with Sandra Bland and what happened days later while she was incarcerated uh, brought back or brought forth a lot of changes or changes into law enforcement. Well, first of all, what happened in that situation? Well, she was arrested for traffic violation i don't know all the exact circumstances right. i do know that she was placed into custody and put into um, a jail 
where she later committed suicide. Oh, dear. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. And I watched that video a number yeah. of times because I was working in Waller County when that was going on. And so there's, there's a lot of changes that are coming about. The main thing or one of the things that's coming about is there's a change in uh, this September. Um, actually, it was a bill that was passed in 2017, in September 2017, which gives a state mandate for law enforcement, not only law enforcement, but uh, Texas public high school curriculum, driver's ed classes, to give training to new and teenage drivers on a proper interaction with law enforcement. And this also, this training also goes to law enforcement, by the way, mm-hmm. to any new police officer and veteran officer. So every police officer in the state's got to go through similar mandated training. That's great. Okay. Now the and teenagers have to have training too. Is that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Really? So that they all, and what it's all centered around is that's in their driver's ed course is what you're yeah, saying driver's wow. ed or a high school that should curriculum. Have been a long time ago they no kidding that. important mm-hmm. but it's something my father taught me years ago, mm-hmm. right which is we don't have that anymore but it it goes in teaching the new drivers the role and duties of a police officer mm-hmm. their individual rights what they have a right to do and not to do mm-hmm. during that police interaction mm-hmm. the proper behavior for both them and the police officer making a traffic stop mm-hmm Okay, and the laws regarding what questions we can ask, um, detention uh, by law enforcement, how to compliment an officer if he does the right thing, and how to file a complaint against an officer if, if you believe he's done the wrong thing. Wow. So all of these things are part of that act, mm-hmm. and that's basically to help get this information out to the general public. Mm-hmm. So that our interactions go smoother with the public. Right. One thing that the public forgets sometimes is that police officers are part of them. Well, They're one thing the, the public forgets right. while they're getting a ticket is, right. but for the police officer, we would be a country that had was lawless. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, yeah. if it weren't for that service, I don't know what we would do. The but they're thing, citizens, just like every other citizen. The, and the officers also need to remember that they are part of the public. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay? And they need to remember that, yes, we need to treat them the way we want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which sometimes happens, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we make mistakes like everybody else. I'll be mm-hmm. the first one to stand up. We've we've made some good ones in the <laughs> yeah. past. Yeah. yeah, but you've also had done some amazingly heroic things also on the more important side to help people you know all these guys guys and girls that go out there every day and put on a uniform and do absolutely amazing things mm-hmm, do it right. because they love the public mm-hmm. they don't do it for mm-hmm. any other reason other than mm-hmm. they care well i see that right. side of it and I, i'm overwhelmed by the people that will put their life on the lines under under the smallest little circumstances sometime that get out of control so we really need that Absolutely, and we certainly are indebted and appreciative. Well, Sergeant Herring, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, We look forward to our show next week where you will also be our guest. And, uh, guys, if there's something that you want to ask us, send us your questions at LegalConnectionShow.com. You can catch us here Tuesdays, 12 to 1 p.m., 104.5 or 106.1 Conroe's FM. And serve God by serving others. That's right. See you next week. Thank you.